This is On The Radar with me, your host, Radar, as always. We'll talk about local and national sports and pop culture. This was a very busy week in sports. Football season going on. NBA free agency bonanza and NBA draft all in one time, all in one period of time. And it's also the baseball offseason hot stove as well. That is where you're just like, oh my god, there's so much going on. And um, yeah, I can't believe it that we have that I that I've recorded. Oh my god, how many? 56 podcasts. This is number 57. This is on the radio number 57. I can't believe it. It's wow. That that's all I'm saying is I can't I can't believe it. It's incredible. Now, unfortunate news for one of my favorite players in the NBA is two-way guard Clay Thompson, one of the Splash Brothers. Last year he got hurt and missed the whole entire season. Two playoffs ago he got hurt and he missed the whole entire regular season last year with an ACL injury. This time he injured himself and he's now out the year with Achilles injury. But a lot of NBA players like Kevin Durant, Dominic Wilkins, etc. And this time in their career with Achilles injury, and yeah, they come back. They might have the same explosiveness, but the problem is, is that Clay doesn't have to worry about explosiveness because he's one of the greatest shooters of all time. He's good off the ball shooter, and that's where it's just like, you know what? That's okay that he's not able to be explosive. Maybe it'll affect his defense, but the Warriors probably their dynasty's over because Steph is going to get one year older. He's injury prone. Draymond Green is one more year out of his prime. Yes, they just drafted James Wiseman and they have Andrew Wiggins and traded for Kelly Oubre, which are both two stories I'll, I'll get to later about Wiseman being drafted and Oubre being traded. They are probably a playoff team, but they're not a top playoff team because anytime you got Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and probably the best player in the draft in Wiseman, and then Oubre and Wiggins being your fourth and fifth best player or third or fourth best player, it's good enough to be a playoff team even in the West. But yeah, that's sad news for him. And now, rest in peace to the longtime safety Jake Scott passed away at 75. He fell in his head during an uh, he fell in his head, so he so he died from that. He was part of the 1972 Perfect Dolphins team and was on the Washington team as well. He won two Super Bowls in his career, won Super Bowl MVP, was a five-time Pro Bowler. He made two first team and three second team All Pro and is in the College Hall of Fame. Rest in peace to another legend. Unfortunately, passed away in the year 2020. We keep losing legends, and. Patrick Kane announced that he's having his first child, he's naming the Patrick III, and Bryce Harper announced they're having their second kid. Congratulations to them. The the Memphis Zoo is named the giraffe after John Moran called him ja, Giraffe instead of G, Giraffe. Isn't that clever? And unfortunately for tight end Greg Olson, he was finally being on a team that had a great quarterback and they were going to be a playoff contender and a Super Bowl contender. He tore, he ruptured his, his fascia, his fascia, so he's going to miss a lot of time. That's not good. And Miles Garrett went on COVID-19 list, missed the game on Sunday. Hopefully he gets better. Drew Brees was placed in the injured reserve officially with those rib injuries. Hopefully he recovers in enough time. Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers announced he's no longer, he, when he plays, no longer wants a TV gig. He doesn't want to do that. He just wants to get away from football. That is interesting as well. And then... On bad news, Joe Mixon went on the injured reserve. He's going to be out for the for th- at least three weeks. That's not good. And Alex Smith, though, and good news, won his first game in the NFL in years as he's now the starter with Kyle Allen being out for, the, for a while. Bad news, Joe, for the Bengals as well. Joe Burrow towards ACL and MCL and other significant tears, and he's on the injured reserve. He's going to be out for the rest of this season, probably till the beginning of next season. 
It's not the last of him, but now the Bengals know that they're a crap team. And when you draft the quarterback, as good as the quarterback is, he can't solve all your problems. They're going to have to fix their offensive line. They're going to have to give him a, some weapons. They're going to have to give him some defense because he's throwing way too many times. And, you know, he's just not, you know, meant to be throwing that much as well. And the and J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram and five players in general have also tested positive for COVID-19 with the Ravens, which they haven't canceled the Thursday night game because Thanksgiving, but that's a lot of players have COVID at one time. Adam Thielen of the Vikings, a wide receiver, has COVID, and Eddie Jackson the, on the defensive side for the Bears has COVID-19. Now, on Monday night, it was an all-black call, uh, crew for Monday Night Football for the referees, and that's interesting news as well. And the Blackhawks signed Kendall Coy Schofield to be uh, player development for the staff. She's one of the great hockey players, so they're adding a woman to the staff. Of the NBA has had women on the uh, male staffs. So that's interesting. And in basketball news, I mentioned before, Louisville, Kansas City, those are both like in the south, mid, but on Central Standard Time. We've had Seattle. We've had Brooklyn and Buffalo suggested because the Raptors couldn't play in Toronto and the Blue Jays played in Buffalo. So there were those suggestions. Well, it's official. They're going to play in Tampa Bay, even though Florida's a hot zone for COVID-19. They're like, yeah, you're going to play in Florida. So that means the NBA can do the traveling schedule that when you go play the Magic and the Heat, you will then also play the Raptors because it's all going to be in the same state. And that's what they are to do as well. And uh, Pro Football of Fame announced players that are going to be on the ballot. And the big-time names are like Peyton Manning and um, and Peyton Manning is one of them. And he, he is definitely going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's going to be interesting. And... Um, and... Um, there's a lot of guys who are on like football. So the way with football that I like about the Pro Football Hall of Fame quickly is that they um you, you, you they come up with a huge amount of number. Everybody nominates people and then they narrow that list down. Then they narrow it down like a second, maybe a third time, and then there's the list that comes out. And just because you're not voted on doesn't mean that you can't come back the next year. You disappear and there's other era committees. No. They're just like, you know what? You can stay on this list for as long as you want. In baseball, if you don't get a certain percentage, you just fall off and then you're like lost to history sometimes. And Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, Jared Allen, and Calvin Johnson are on that team, are on the uh, ones eligible for the first timers. Those are definitely Hall of Fame caliber players as well. So that's the thing I do like about football is that they say to themselves, you know what? We're not going to just throw you to the side and we're going to nominate you people every single year and if you get voted in you get voted in no matter what and then um in baseball news the rochester red wings have become the washington triple a team they've taken away from minnesota that's just interesting there yonja alonzo announces retirement from the world of baseball former reds player who was traded in that matt latos deal and uh, with his Monty Grandal to the Padres, and that preceded Rizzo being traded to the Cubs, and then the Cubs winning that trade. Then he went to the Oakland A's, the Mariners, Cleveland Indians, the White Sox, the Rockies, the Braves, and then he went back to pitch playing for the Padres this year as well. That 
and he made one all-star team. He's always that guy where, like, he plays good defense. He also have a great on-base and average. He's not a home run hitter, especially when playing in a big ballpark like San Diego, Oakland, or Seattle in his career. But he never really, like, continued to have that great average on-base percentage and would swing for the fences and had one year where he had a lot of home runs. He's kind of, you know, not that old. He's in his 30s to retire, but he's not. if he's not going to hit the ball out of the ballpark on a consistent basis, they're not going to keep you. And, um... Feel the Dreams is back on. They were going to have it this year with the Cardinals, but the Cardinals had a COVID outbreak, so they canceled. It's going to be back next year in August, and Sox and Yankees are still going to be the team. That's interesting. Jed Hoyer is now officially signed to a five-year extension to be the Cubs president after last week with Theo Epstein stepping down. Tim Tebow has been announced that he'll come back to the Mets next year for spring training again because he got all the way up to AAA. He wasn't that great, but he got all the way up to AAA last season, not this current season. It just ended, like the last calendar year. And they're looking into Randy Lozarena with a domestic abuse incident. Hopefully, if he did something, he serves his time and punishment and knows how wrong it is to, to do that. And he can go back because he's one of the most exciting new young players in the MLB. Charlie Morton, though, has decided to go back to Atlanta. Charlie Morton originally was an Atlanta Braves pitcher. He decided to deal with the Braves. They got talented position players. They got a t- couple talented young starting pitchers. I need to join this team because they're probably the only team besides the Dodgers that have a chance to make it out of the National League this season. That's interesting. And I'm going to get to some quick pop culture before I get to NBA uh, carousel of moves. Ken Jennings has now been announced as the interim host for Jeopardy because supposedly they got to continue to film Jeopardy for it to be on all the time. They can't just like mourn and take a couple months off. So he's going to be the interim host. Disney's moving forward with new writers for the new Deadpool 3 movie. Good. It's good to have uh, three movies in the franchise for Deadpool. Another interesting news is for some reason, New Amsterdam, the one that had two episodes left, but only showed one because one had to do with the virus. And then there were three they weren't able to film. And they said, don't worry, we'll get all to that when we get back into filming. Uh, that was, they decided, they have no news of when it's coming back. So in its place, you know, after the calendar, this calendar year ends and football is no longer going to be on Sunday nights because they're in the playoffs. And they, if they are on NBC, they won't be at nighttime because there'll be only two or three games. That Zoe's X-Story playlist, which was renewed, was coming back, and it'll be on Tuesday nights moving forward for now. Also announced there's no Brooklyn Nine-Nine in the near future, which is annoying because I complained many times how it deserved to get more than 13, maybe even more than 15. Because NBC is being stupid now. They're showing Superstore reruns after the new episode, and they decided to completely move connecting to the streaming platform, you know, Peacock or just being online, and you get your people hooked on it. That's pretty stupid as well. And now... The, in the um, carousel of NBA news, it was the draft. And it was also all the free agency bonanza because, you know, the the, the condensed season and all the offseason stuff was all put into one. Now, I'm quickly going to get to the draft and say this. The, the NBA draft, the first three picks went the way it was supposed to go. The uh, Timberwolves have an all-star center, and a pretty good point guard, you know, combo guard. So they said to themselves, we're not going to draft a point guard or a center. They drafted Anthony Edwards, who's a two-way guy who could be like Oladipo, Dwayne Wade, a combo guard, who could also play on the wing of small forks. He's not that short. That was more of where they said, you know what? That is what we're, uh, that's what we're going to go with. That made sense because he's the best overall talent. Now, the second team, the Warriors, are we going to trade him? What are we going to do? They just said, well, we can't trade him because we're not going anywhere, so why would we get another player right now because they're not going to win a championship with the current team they have? They uh, 
They drafted James Wiseman. I thought was the best player in the draft. He only played three games in college. So a lot of people are like, he's a raw, young, talented player. But he's a big man who can shoot okay enough. And he'll be, become a better shooter. He'll become better. And with a team with a guy like Steph Curry in the team, he'll get a lot of lobs and passes inside. And that's perfect for him. The Hornets drafted LaMelo Ball because they need to sell tickets whenever fans come back. They need a big name thing. Devontae Graham, Devontae Graham and Cody Zeller, no offense, and I think they have one of the bridges, I think, that they are not going to sell a lot of tickets with those guys, and there's not a lot of buzz with the team as well, that drafting ball is a great idea because Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, Nicholas Batum, yeah, Miles Bridges, as I said, Malik Monk, and Cody Zeller, that it's not really going to go wow. So they drafted a guy who's wow because he's pretty tall for a guard, so that's what they wanted. The Bulls, on the other hand, are the team that went completely off the board. They drafted Patrick Williams, who was a backup in college at FSU. FSU is known for having good football players and a good football program more than a basketball program. The Bulls could have drafted this Patrick Williams guy, who's one of those forwards who, he's not he's not close to seven feet, so he's not like a power forward. You know, back in the day, you could be a top, you could be one of those power forwards or even a center, stretch five, stretch four. He's like 6'9", six, 6'10". And he's not considered the greatest three-point shooter yet. They're not good at how a rim protector he is. So he's like a tweener at this point. And he's a project. He's coming off the bench. The Bulls could have drafted this player in the later in the round. There was all the rumors about trading Wendell Carter to, to move up or swap picks, like do that sort of thing. They could have traded a guy like Wendell Carter Jr. or another guy on the roster, whoever it is, and try to get themselves into the end of the first round or, or maybe get two second-round picks. And this guy could have been taken. His name was moving up the draft boards, but nobody was like, he's top 10, he's top 20. It was more like he's at the end of the first round of his name rising up. And they could have taken both guys. But of course, they said, nah, we're going to just take this guy, even though he's a project and nobody else thinks he's worth the top four pick. Because when you have a top five pick, you want to take a guy, he's not. he may not become a Hall of Famer, he may not become a superstar, but at least be an all-star or an everyday starter in your lineup, and it's, that's what you do. You can take risks when you're in the top, tw- when you're between picks 11 and 20, or picks 20 through 30. You, know, you can't be taking risks with the fourth pick. The Cavaliers took Isaac Okaro. That's a guy who was considered a top 10 player. The Hawks drafted Anikia Kanwu. I can't really pronounce his name right, but that's another guy supposed to be where he's supposed to be a top five, top 10 player potentially. And the Knicks drafted Obi Toppin. I've heard of that guy. He's a big man. Okay, and the Wizards drafted Denji. Uh, Avdaji, uh, you know, who's an Israeli-Jewish guy, and I was just like, the Bulls are no-brainer. You could take Denji, you could take Obi Toppin, you could take Akaru, or the guy with two O's in his name, or as Jay Billis uh, suggested that Tyrese Haleburton was the fourth-best player available in his mind. You add up all those players. There was a guard from France, okay? Then there's Cole Anthony, which I heard about because of college basketball at the beginning of the year. RJ Hampton, heard about him. Plenty of those players... You know, there were storylines about them that, you know, I heard their names. You heard of them. Or the Bulls. Now the Bulls are full of guys who are forwards. The Bulls have way too many power forwards, and they have three small forwards who never can stay healthy. Wendell Carter Jr. is not really sending to power forward, but you can't with Lori Marketing, okay? We have Thaddeus Young on the roster. There's so many power forwards we have on this team, and Zach Levine's more of a trade feature because he's already hit his ceiling. Kobe White is more of a two-guard, not a, sh- more, not a point guard. Chris Dunn has left us in free agency. So the Bulls... If they had drafted a point guard from France or some or, or somebody you know people have heard of, then yeah, I wouldn't have been that mad because I think Isaac Okaru would have been an okay pick because the guy is a 
is a guard. If we drafted Isaac Caro at a guard, that's fine. If we drafted the guy with a 2-0, that would have been fine because that's the reason he's a he's also a power forward. But that's the thing is that we didn't need at least we've heard of him. And Obi Toppin's a center, so that's what I'm saying. The Bulls needed a clear-cut point guard, or a clear-cut center, or a clear-cut small forward, because either we have too many power forwards, we have too many small forwards, but they never stay healthy, and we have too many two guards, this sort of thing. So the Bulls, I'm saying we, but as a fan, you're just like great. Then they draft some guy from Serbia in the second round, who's probably never going to come and play here in any year. So you're just like, okay, thank you very much. That's what I'm getting with the draft is that the Bulls could have drafted one somebody in the top 20 that people heard of. Or, as the experts said, their top 10 talent. And if the Bulls are drafting for need, the need is not a guy who could be a power forward and a small forward. Or, because he's 19, he's young, he can still grow to be a center. You want a guaranteed Obi Toppin? I would have then traded up to get Wiseman and just swap picks. That would have been fine by me. And if we had Wiseman, Obi Toppin, a center of, like, actual, he's a center, he's a center. Or we drafted the Israeli guy or a couple other guys in the draft who were clearly small forwards or clearly point guards. That would have helped the Bulls. Now, because of the bonanza of all the moves, I'm just going to quickly get to some of these moves, and then you can figure out if I like them or not. Al Horford got traded to OKC, and Danny Green went to Philadelphia. Good move in Philadelphia, they get shooting. They also get rid of Al Horford's contract, and they somehow got like picks in return. I mean, you got one pick back in return, that's not bad. OKC gets picks, just take Horford's contract. That is good. Now, I said Kelly Uber went to Golden State, that's good with Clay Thompson out. And Davis going to New York, that's like a money dump. Picks were involved. Hayward's opting out of his deal with the Celtics and not going to the Pacers or a team that's in contending or like, or, or you know, he went to the Hornets who don't really have that much talent. Yeah, they got Graham and they got Bridges and they now a ball and Zeller. That made no sense. But he got his money. That's all that mattered. And Dwayne Dedman trading to Detroit and Tony Snell going to Atlanta. That's just, you know. Backups going places. Quinn Cook cut. That's just the Lakers got rid of him. The fact that the Knicks are like, let's cure cap space. So they cut Taj Gibson, Wayne Ellington, Bobby Portis, and Alfred Payton. Okay, those are just backups at this point in his career. Seth Kerr going to Philadelphia along with Danny Green in general. Give the Sixers what they needed, which is shooting. Josh Richardson, he's not the greatest shooter in the world. So him going to Dallas, that's good. He's, he's still young. Landry Shamet going to Brooklyn. And Luke Kennard going to Clipper in one of those three-way trades. I feel like the Clippers are getting worse because they Landry Shamet left them, so it doesn't. I don't think that helps them there. Ricky Rubio going back to Minnesota after Phoenix traded him to Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City traded him, and again, Oklahoma City gets to get their draft picks, but then he goes over there with other draft picks because they had others, and I, he's going to be and and maybe they'll, they'll do this. They'll play Jandrew Russell at two guard, Ricky Rubio point guard, because Jandrew Russell played some two guard when he was playing with Lonzo Ball. He played some two-guard when he was playing Jeremy Lin in New York. I mean, like Brooklyn, whatever. So that could be a possibility. So it's not a bad move. Trevor Ariza keeps being traded. The, uh, he went to Houston after being in Portland. Then the Pistons. Then then he was like, he was rumored to go to Oklahoma City. Now he's on the map. It's like, I, we're going to keep track of where Ariza's going. Clarkson re-upped with the, clip, with the Jazz. He looks pretty good there. Derek Favor, speaking of the Jazz, has left New Orleans to go back to the Jazz. It was a very short, short, you know, away from being from them. Max contract for Darren Fox. That's good. They know what they want. Jaleel Okafor going to the Pistons. They need a center because they got rid of their centers, you know, in, uh, Andre Drummond. So that makes sense. Mason Plumlee also goes there. So they got two big men there. Wasn't Matthew joined the Lakers? Helps them out. They just need depth. Gordon Dragate is Miami. That's good for both sides. And his Kander got traded back to Portland. And Mario Zona got traded to Memphis. Memphis could use a shooter off the bench. And Ennis Kander in that swap goes to Portland. Portland could use him because he could score. 
Then Danilo went to the Hawks. They get themselves another shooter that's good. Dwight Howard going to the Sixers is interesting because they can pay him less and he can come off the bench and he's not going to clog the floor like Horford did. Malik Beasley resigning Minnesota. whoop de do. Montrose Harrell went to the Lakers. That is a big move. Clippers get worse and the Lakers then get better at the same time because then they can play him and Anthony Davis at the same time and they got a big man that they can rely on because Dwight Howard's gone. That's a good move. Jeremy Grant went to the Pistons. Again, they got three pretty good role players for a team that's not even a playoff team. Joe Harris re-signs. is a good idea for the Nets. They need shooters around Durant and Kyrie Irving. David Davies Berton, who's opted out because he got he didn't want to get hurt, he ended up signing with the Wizards for money, so that was silly. And then Chris Wood going to Houston. Houston could be a playoff team if Harden and Westbrook are there, so Chris Wood will really help them. Marcus Morris re-signing with the Clippers. That's just good because that makes sense. Derek Jones Jr. went to Portland. Okay, he never really developed in Miami, so it's not a big loss. Bulls, big moves. Reaching on a, a fourth overall pick. Drafting guy from Serbia, second round in time, Garrett Temple. Woo! Those are so exciting. Justin Holiday staying in Indy. That's good. They're a playoff team. Pat Conte saying Milwaukee is good for depth there. Rodney Hood stays in Portland. They need shooting. Steven Adams, though, gets traded to New Orleans, and they time to an extension. So New Orleans is like, you know, Derek Favors can leave. we got Steven Adams. That's a really good defensive player. And he gets out of Oklahoma City. who's not going anywhere. That's a good move. Trey Burke resigns. That's good for the Mavs. James Johnson got in the Mavs. They need some enforcer. So somebody's going to tax Luka. DeLon Wright going to the Pistons. Who? Bobby Portis and Nick Scott goes to the Bucks. The Bucks could use him. He could he could shoot and play center and power forward. I've seen him with my own eyes. G.D. Augustine going to the Bucks. Now that they got rid of officially... They're, you know, George Hill and Drew Bledsoe. They need somebody to back up Drew Holiday. That's a good idea there. Chris Dunn going to the Hawks. They already they got Chris Dunn and Rajon Rondo. I don't know why they needed to get two point guards to back up Trey Young, but that's besides me. Mohark was going to Miami. That's just a role player. That doesn't mean that much. Michael Green going to Denver. They lost Plumlee and Grant, so they need somebody. You know, Valentine's retiring with the Bulls. What they do? Vlad Van Fleet could have helped out another team, but he's going back to Toronto, who probably not going to be as good. Jay Crowder go to the Suns. They need a veteran guy off the bench. That's great. Jeff Green joins his buddy, Kevin Durant, in Oklahoma City. I mean, from Oklahoma City and Seattle to join him in Brooklyn, and he can shoot the three. That's a good move there. Avery Bradley going to the Nets as well. I mean, Avery Bradley went to the, the Heat, my bad. Right? Yeah, Avery Bradley going to Miami is a good move because he's a point guard and a two guard and can shoot the three and play defense. And Miami's, a lot of their guards on their team don't play defense. So that's a, that's, that's a good move there. And then, then he got Melo resigning in Portland, which is good because he played really well there. Then Millsap resigns in Denver because Denver lost two big men. They needed to retain somebody. And Chris, and you know, Contavious Caldwell Polk going back to the, uh, to the Lakers is good because he played really well. He deserved the money and he got the money. And, um, and then, you know, Tristan Thompson going to Boston because they lost Ennis Canner. That's good. They get a defensive rebounding guy. That's a good move there. New Orleans are well going to the Knicks. They're not going anywhere, so that's not good for Noel. Jeff T going to Celtics. If he's going to be a backup to Kemba Walker, you got two all star point guards on the same team. And Baca going to the Clippers, as I said, hurts the Raptors, but that's just to fill, up, fill the void that you lost by Montrose Harrell. So they're just like shuffling the deck chairs there. Brian Forbin to the Bucks. Harry Giles went to Portland. Tony Craig, Tory Craig went to the Bucks. Bogdanovich, after there was a whole rumored signing trade with the Bucks, that's not happening. He and Danilo Gallinari, Rajon Rondo, along with the young players and the fact that they still got themselves, uh, you know, what's his name? Uh, 
the center that uh, that the Rockets got rid of when they went to small ball. That roster is really going to be good with all the young players. Yeah, Clint Capella. We got Clint Capella, Danilo Gallinari, Bogdanovich, Rajon Rondo, Trey Young, and all these other young players. Oh boy, the Hawks are about to make the playoffs this year, man. And then, and Beesman went to Golden State. This is good depth. They need a guy who can play the wing. Marcus Sogo in the Lakers is good. So they get Gasol and they Macho Hello and they ship out Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee. So you get rid of two guys who've been character issues in their careers and clubhouse issue, and you get two guys who are not. That's good. JaVale McGee also when being traded to Cleveland. They get Jordan Bell and, Al- and, Al- and Alfonso McKinney. So those are two good role players. Jordan Bell is a very good role player. So the Lakers got better there. Austin Rivers going to the Knicks, like I just said, with Nerlens Well. Get your money, whoop-de-doo. Jason Tatum got a max deal. He deserved it. So did Donovan Mitchell. Good for them. Each one more going to the Suns. That just gives the Sun- Chris Paul another shooter to pass to. Aaron Baines leaving the Suns doesn't help them. But he goes to the Raptors, who lost to Baca and Gasol. So it's like shuffling the decks there. The other Morris brother re-signs with his L.A. team, so that's the same thing. Sark stays in Phoenix, so that's because he doesn't want to leave Chris Paul. That's a good move. Taco Fall and Bull Bull re-signed two new two-way deals. Good for them. DeMarcus Cousins going to the Rockets. I don't know how good the Rockets are going to be, but they could take some bodies. Then actually, if they want to go small, DeMarcus Cousins is an old-school power forward because he's not seven foot tall. He's more like 6'10", but he's big, so they can play him as, as the five. Alex Lynn going to the Raptors again, shuffling the deck because he lost his soul. And Ibaka there. And Bam Adebayos and Brandon Ingram just both signed max deals. So that's congratulations to them. So yeah, there was a lot of NBA moves that happened. Trades, draft trades, where where picks go where. Max extension, signing trades, all this stuff going on. And that could probably be like a whole hour podcast just dissecting every single NBA move. If it was good or bad for each player and the team he left, the team he goes to, whatever, and all that. And at the same time, all the trade, all that stuff in the draft, I can go every pick. Was it a good pick? But I don't really have the time nor caring about if every team got their need in the draft. I'm just talking about the top four draft picks and then players I heard of that were taken in the draft. That's really what you want to know is players, the big-name players and, and the guys who are taken. Now, last week on my podcast... I talked about how shows dealt with COVID, like This Is Us, SWAT, and a few other shows that just started right away in Superstore. So this, and The Good Doctor. So this week in The Good Doctor, or last week for this week's podcast, they had Sean, yeah, the actor who plays Sean, Freddie Highmore, go out there and say, we tackled the COVID issues in the first two episodes, and we know that it's important to talk about it and everybody to do all the safety protocols that, we, that people mention all the time. But we're trying to tell a story here, and this story is going to be when when COVID is not an issue, so they continue to do care development and growth. So two episodes was a good enough for me. So thank you for that. SWAT. Some of them are wearing masks. Sometimes they're social distancing. Sometimes there's people on Zoom. Then they have racial injustice and protesting and riots to the flashback of another one. And then you're just like, okay, so. Sometimes they're wearing masks. Sometimes there's a glass screen in front of people, and some people are zooming and they have Luca story, but then they're not. So it's kind of flimsy going back and forth. All rise. They uh, all episode have to do with a flashback of uh, her being racially profiled, the main character, because there are people protesting and how people viewed her, even though she's a judge. They didn't, the cop, you know, racially profiled her. There's like they were showing Zoom with clients in prison and all this other stuff. They were contact 
and they limit how many people are in the courthouse, and they built, like, the plastic areas for the defendant and the prosecutor and every other person who has a job in there, including the judge. Everything is, like, separate. Okay, that's cool. And they're wearing masks. Blah, blah, blah. So that's fine. So they're doing that. They can tell the episode and characters are wearing masks or there's plastic covering. That's okay by me. Bull, though, it was such a weird episode where he was in a, where people didn't know, not to spoil it, but he was having a dream. And before the dream, they were zooming each other over months. They showed him shutting down, how they kept all the time going by. That was cool. Nothing was happening, blah, blah, blah. And then, obviously, in his, he thought there was a world where you can't see them because they're in another place. And he can't do his thing without actually seeing the people having the mirror jury. That was interesting. But I think they're going to do what All Rise does. Mass, separate barriers, less people in the courtroom. That's fine. This is us. They continue to talk about quarantining and being in a COVID bubble. of People that you're around and you see and interact with. Them wearing masks. That's fine by me. Tell you tell the story of This Is Us, which is a great storytelling by doing that. The Neighborhood. They had a episode about protesting for racial profiling when somebody in the neighborhood got arrested. That's fine. They haven't gone to the COVID yet. FBI, though, they wore masks. But it's like when they're talking to somebody at a door, but then they're not wearing it in the FBI itself because I guess they're all tested. They're just they let's not wear it. When they go on some of the parts of the episode, they weren't wearing it. There's only certain parts of the episode they're talking civilians like that, but not when they're doing a hostage situation or something like that. Most wanted, some are wearing masks in person, but not in the city or the, not people in the city that they're showing or when they're going on missions. Just one or two times of talking to somebody. That's just like, okay, that's just flimsy. And then SWAT, they showed plastic barriers in one episode when he met with somebody in prison. And now they're not even wearing the mask. They're just going around and stuff. So that's just flimsy. Superstore, they're still wearing masks. Have the warehouse break room. There was a plot where Glenn was around somebody in his church who has COVID and they told him to get out of there. But then, some of the main characters are not wearing the masks in some of the episodes and some are not. So they're kind of just lazily doing it. Like, I can deal with masks, barriers, and, like, zoom and zoom with other characters on video. But to go back and forth is, you know, kind of very flimsy. But that's really what's been happening because some shows I watch take place in the past or in the future. Or this the way they filmed this was beforehand. I was going to talk about the new CBS show at the time Middle Ditch is in called Be Positive. But... There were so many NBA trade signings and draft news and all that other stuff in the world of football, basketball, and baseball that, and the Football Hall of Fame announcing that they have some, they're up for their thing, that no time to do it. So trust me, next podcast, we will talk about Be Positive, the new TV show as well. Rest in peace, though, to Jake, to Jake Scott, the, the Miami Dolphins player who passed away at 75. As always, we talked about local and national sports and pop culture. For, this is was radar on the radar number 57. Remember, follow me at radar4428 on Twitter. Subscribe on YouTube for on the radar for baseball and movie videos to watch. Like or follow on the radar team blog on Facebook. Go to blogger for radar4428 for all my long form articles. I have a website called on the radar media on the radar media.com. And as always, you can download your podcast at Apple, Google, or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to episode number 57 of On the Radar. I'm Radar. See you guys next time.